Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. And welcome to the Dive In Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try to differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. I'm Wesley. I'm Hayden. And today we're joined with a special guest, my girlfriend, Amy. Hi. To talk about the Barbie movie, because like, who wants to hear two straight white guys talk about the Barbie? Movie? We just couldn't. We had Only to get a female perspective. Minimum. Yeah, it's yeah. just like a race. Half the demographic have two Kens talking about Barbie for an hour. It sounds like an absolute blast. But yeah, we're here today to uh, talk about the Barbie movie because we did the Boppenheimer experience, the Barbenheimer, however you want to say it. I love that you call it Boppenheimer. It's so much better. Um, the Boppenheimer experience, where we watched. Oppenheimer first, and then watched Barbie right after. And it was fantastic. It was phenomenal. Um, highly recommend that you do this if you're, like, willing to sit in a theater for five-plus hours. Which I'm usually not, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a great experience. It's so cool to see everyone doing it. Like, everyone is pulling out for, like, it's like the event of the summer. Yeah, exactly. So it was so much fun to do, and we want to talk about our experience. Um, so, Yeah. I mean, I, we can kind of talk about really quick before we get into it about some of the stuff that's going on in uh, Halifax right now. Um, first, uh, we just want to send out our support to anyone who's been affected by the flooding that we've mm. currently been dealing. Destroyed a ton of roads, mm. um, like a bunch of damage to houses and stuff. If you or a family member or a loved one has been affected by that, we have we give you our deepest condolences. My... Uh, Luckily, no one in my family was too badly affected by it. A bit of flooding, but that's all. But there are many people who have lost, like, entire roads to their house. Mm -hmm. Some of my coworkers have been affected by it. It's Halifax is in the end of days right now. Yeah, there was literally. fires last month and now flooding this month. It's, it's very upsetting to see. <laughs> if anyone thinks that global warming isn't real, go away. Yeah. Um, it's mm. real. Um, but, yeah, so condolences to anyone who's lost property or very valuable things. Um, or lives or lives yeah, too. too yeah they, we've had I believe it was two people um, yeah. that were never recovered uh, which is so sad to hear but, this is an yeah. extremely tragic way to start the Barbie episode but I, I do think it needs to be said and it's it's very important yeah, yeah. Um, our condolences to anyone who's who's going through any of this right now in, in Halifax and in the surrounding areas mm -hmm. yeah. um, but if you're wondering if the theaters are still open for you to go watch Barbie yeah, I guess I have to I have to say quite selfishly, the morning after um, the floods were really bad and it was all coming down, I was like, we have tickets for, for Oppenheimer and Barbie. Like, I need to get to this theater. Yeah. So we had to cut through Halifax instead of taking Bedford Highway, which is completely flooded. Um, and we and we made it. We got we got there. We arrived for for Barbenheimer. Yeah, it was worth it. Uh, but yeah, let's let's kind of just get into Barbie. I feel um, like really quickly, actually, before we get into Barbie, we have to talk about the the Barbenheimer experience. Itself, oh yeah, true, true. Which is just such a cool thing for me to like witness. Is just like the way that the internet collectively was just like, okay, we are all gonna go out and see a Christopher Nolan movie and Greta Gerwig <laughs> movie on the same day. Um, and everyone was at our theater wearing pink, and I've noticed oh, that yeah. like it's even crazier if you go on like TikTok and you start scrolling a little bit and just like seeing where it's what it's like in other places like i saw this one video of just like people walking the streets of toronto after the movie and everyone's dressed in pink saying like hi ken hi barbie like walking by each other it's amazing it's very wholesome stuff um the movie nerd in me is just like extremely excited about it i just think it's like really moving and really cool well it's fun too because i think you mentioned it that like bring bring back uh, people dressing up for movies mm. yes so many people used to go to star wars premieres dressed as star wars characters or like any premiere of any big franchise movie 
Um, but no one does that anymore. So it's yeah, it's a lot of fun to see like people dressed in pink and yeah. black and here to, for the yeah. Boppenheimer experience. We even saw somebody with a Boppenheimer shirt mm-hmm. um, yeah. that that had been like custom made. Uh, so people are really out here loving the Boppenheimer experience. I saw someone dressed like Albert Einstein. Really? And I thought that was not at our theater, but oh. just online. I was like, that's crazy. I was like, I missed that. Yeah, he put everything into that. Wow. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. How should you do the the Barbenheimer Boppenheimer experience? Should should you do what we did and start with Oppenheimer, or should you start with Barbie? Because I personally felt if you start with Barbie, that's psychotic at first before I saw the movies, and then after we watched Oppenheimer, my spirits were crushed, and I was like in a, like a very dark place. I was like, I need some drinks. I need like something very fruity mm-hmm. to like save my day. Um, you just kind of want to lock yourself in a dark room after Oppenheimer. So how do you guys feel is the best way to go about? doing this experience i think the way that we did it was the good way i, I thought agree. at the start before like a long time ago thinking about it i was like mm, i know myself and i'm gonna be overthinking so much after watching how the first nuke is built because i get so like obsessed with stuff like that history is so fascinating but it was definitely the good choice because yeah you could go and have a break and then you talk about it for a bit but then you kind of hit the point where you're like okay now i'm just feeling a little bit crazy now because this is goofy. like yeah. intense all yeah. that no, yeah i agree i think the way we watched it was good because before like literally the day before we were gonna go see it i saw a tweet and a guy was like do not watch oppenheimer <laughs> and then barbie and i was like i'm gonna do that <laughs> um because he was it was funny because in one of the comments someone was just like why and he said i watched a movie about death and misery <laughs> and then i watched a movie about a toy i was like yeah. valid but I, I do think that the way we watched it was good because I think if you watch it the other way around, like Barbie is a great fun movie and it would be fun to start with Barbie and then get into the heavy and serious stuff. But I think that watching Oppenheimer first opened my mind up mm. to uh, thinking deeply about mm. uh, people and the movie itself. And then when I went to Barbie, I wasn't just like, yeah, Barbie. Mm. I was like, okay, Barbie. But I'm already thinking about these yeah. interesting things, how they apply here. And so I think the way that we watched it was probably the best way to watch it. In my I Plus agree. Oppenheimer is time length longer. So, so long. like getting the, the longer one out of the way first, obviously just logistically makes more sense because then it's going to feel easier to sit in a theater for two hours after. But that makes that also is I didn't even think about that. That's true. You're kind of already thinking about deep stuff so I, you can look past the toy a little bit faster than you would have been able to without seeing that first. Yeah, because I feel like if you watch it, with Barbie first and then Oppenheimer, it's like Barbie is so fun and whimsical mm. and exciting. And then you have to sit through three hours of like just sadness. Yeah, yeah. you'd be like, where's the joke about the sadness though? There was yeah. at least a joke about <laughs> yeah, it exactly. Barbie. <laughs> so I feel like the way we watched it was good. Yeah. I agree. And I also like, I know Barbie's like candy coated and like super fun and like visually like crazy and it's like super funny, but it's also a bit reductive to act like it's like, just a movie about a toy you yeah. know like i feel like it's like really funny when you're just like like what you said about like that that tweet about like i watched a movie about death and destruction and then a movie about a toy is hilarious but also like barbie's exploring some deep stuff as well yeah mm. and i feel like seeing oppenheimer first is the way to do it because mm-hmm. if you were in a theater for three hours after already having been in a theater for two hours it would just start to feel like a bit emotionally draining yeah i feel like the end yeah. would drag for you yeah yeah and Barbie definitely, yeah, it is really deep. Like, the ending is really deep. And to watch the ending of Barbie after watching Oppenheimer and, like, thinking about that in perspective to what the woman says at the end, it's like, ah, so that's that too then. Like, that's interesting, you yeah. know? 
Barbie had me feeling real, really grateful to be alive after watching it. And I was like, life is so mm. beautiful and cool. Yeah, there's like weird parallels between yeah. the two uh, that I think people will definitely notice. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was it was very eye opening to watch Oppenheimer first and then Barbie and have those that idea of okay, there's more to this movie than just what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think it was good. I agree. Um, before we like talk the movie itself too, I'm curious, like Amy. Do you have any relationship to like Barbie as a toy? Because like <gasps> us as two dudes, it's not for us. Uh, and like, excuse me, you <laughs> did didn't you pl- play with Barbies? When did you, you play with Barbies? I mean, I'm not judging if you did because I kind of no. wish I played with Barbies when I was younger. But no, I did not. As I'll start because mine's very brief. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like solely play with Barbies as a kid, but I grew up in a household of two sisters mm-hmm. who had Barbies all the time. That's true. Uh, and you know who I played as? Ken. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. You're just Ken. Yeah, I think I'm just Ken. Um, I played my own Ken. There you go. But I, I always got stuck with being Ken. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still played with Barbies as a kid. And I think uh, a lot of kids, like, if you were ever the kid who went to Sunday school and found the toy bin or, like, went to preschool and found just, like, the bin of dolls, you mm-hmm. probably played with a mangled Barbie that was missing an arm or something. It's the weird Barbie. Mm. Weird Barbie right there. Yeah. But yeah. Everyone's got a weird Barbie. Amy was telling me her stories about Barbie before. Yeah. Abby and I, my best friend, Abby Jean, she used to have a really good Barbie collection. Like she was the oldest girl in her house. And then she has a younger sister, too. So the Barbies at a certain age started coming again. Like the and then it was like Mm -hmm. a newer Barbies coming in again. So there was a lot of Barbies, a lot of shoes, a lot of clothes. And there was definitely a lot of things that I saw in the movie, like the pooping dog. Abby mm-hmm. Jean used to have the pooping dog and he's fuzzy and you My like used to have the you dog. click Iconic. some button like on his chest and it like lifts his or when you like feed him a piece of food it like goes automatically through if you click something it lifts his tail and then he poops out his little like piece of food oh it's kind of it used to freak me out though but weird. I found like the their houses I thought it was definitely a reference to dream houses but I was saying to Wesley earlier I think it was also a reference to like cupboards and cabinet spaces in little girls room and rooms and like their table surfaces because anything that was a surface could become their bedroom and their kitchen and everything and so it was like abby used to have this dresser that was just these three long empty like shelves no books or anything on them it was just the top floor was the kitchen the middle floor was the living room and the bottom floor was the bedroom so i thought it was interesting that they did the houses all clear and stuff because that was definitely very familiar to like having your Barbie's room in like one corner of your room and then right. like the Barbie school is like over in the other corner of yeah. the room and then the Barbie hospital is in a different area and you can see them all because it's just on a table and then all the outfits definitely were very familiar the Barbie camper the way that like inside the fridge it was a sticker on the wall instead yeah. of being actual things and yeah there was a lot a lot of details that I was like it was very, very exciting to watch. Abby and I played with Barbies till we were in grade nine. And I was saying to Wesley that actually she used to date Ken and I had, mine was named Kyle. I didn't even, mine didn't go oh, by Ken. Whoa. Yeah. Did you name him Kyle or was his name Kyle? No, I named him Kyle. Oh, I, didn't, okay. I didn't realize. And then when I just watched this movie, I didn't realize I probably was miscalling him. His name was definitely Ken. Like, why is Ryan Gosling playing <laughs> Ken? Who, who is that guy? <laughs> I thought it was Kyle. I totally thought that that was Kyle this whole time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, I grew, connection. Up, I grew up in a house, like, just two brothers. So, like, nobody in my house played Barbie. Mm-hmm. And, like, my mom didn't have, like, a collection of Barbies that, like, ended up in our house. So, like, I really just didn't have any bearing of it, aside mm-hmm. from, like, friends that I had that are, like, who who would play with Barbie themselves. 
And then I go over and I see like these really cool collections and I'd always like admire it. I always like have thought fashion's really cool and Barbie mm. is really like excels at that. Some of the outfits, I'm like, mm. God damn. Iconic. I just yeah. remembered too, in first year, I'll find this picture while you guys are saying your next thing to show you after I say this, but Abby and I, the friend that we played Barbies, cause then we also started playing brats and stuff. And then we started to say later in life that I was more like a brats doll and she was more like a Barbie doll. But we dressed up one Halloween as Bratz and Barbie in university. So we very much, Barbie, Barbie, still Barbie strong. very much imprints itself in your, like when you're a kid, it very much, it carries through because mm-hmm. we still, we still look at Barbie and we love her. Iconic. Yeah. Um, I don't even really want to acknowledge all like the online stuff about this movie being like man hating and like anti-man propaganda mm-hmm. because it's just a bunch of dudes who are incapable of pleasure in their wives who are like <laughs> oh yeah it hates it hates dudes and it thinks dudes are dumb i'm like you ever talk to a dude yeah dudes are dumb dudes are dumb oh that's an iconic barbie outfit amy's currently showing us the picture yeah of abby gina's barbie it's very very much like what you would expect this is really great for audio great listeners. content yeah <laughs> you can just picture um barbie and that's exactly what it looks it's like much, it's honestly. like yeah it's like that um pink outfit that she wears the one of the many pink outfits she wears yeah okay so the second i saw greta gerwig as director for barbie and it's written by noah Baumbach, who wrote like marriage story mm-hmm. um i knew that this was kind of going to be like a barbie movie but also like a bit of like a deconstruction about like what the idea of barbie really is mm-hmm. so do you feel like this movie ex- succeeds at being like both like being like a, a fun barbie movie for all the kids who love the toy and then also like an existential dive into totally. what a toy is yeah like the first uh like how the trailer just kind of shows the first 20 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. like that first 20 minutes is like the whimsical barbie that you imagine as a kid like when you're playing with barbies and i think that's the all you need is those like 20 minutes mm. um in that fun barbie land and then it really gets into it um and i think it does a good job at balancing both because you don't need a ton of just like hi barbie hi ken hi mm. barbie you know you don't need a ton of that i would have lived in that movie though for like oh like two hours don't get I me wrong oh my like barbie land looks amazing and yeah. i would live in it i know it's I so used to live cool. in it yeah. <laughs> um, i was there it, it's it's such a cool like set to be able to work on too and be a part of mm. um but yeah i totally think it nails it with having the balance of the fun like pink fabulous barbie all that stuff but also the deep existential like I even think about dying, you yeah. know? Mm. Yeah. Does a good job at balancing both. Mm-hmm. Mm. I completely agree. I will say it kind of does come out of nowhere, um, but makes sense later in the movie when it's explained why mm. it comes out of nowhere. But it just like, it is just so random when she just goes, I'm thinking about dying. <laughs> One of the funniest laughs for me. I saw that in the trailer and I was like, that's so good. It's yeah. great stuff. I think also it definitely does do a good job at like reconstructing the brand around the doll. Like you said, like, does it break it down and like make you rethink about it? Cause it definitely got carried away and like perceived as not an example to young girls to embody being powerful, but instead obviously made us feel insecure and made us feel like we need to be perfect. And so Barbie definitely did not become the image that it was meant to be. And I think this movie is definitely trying to take that back and be like, this got flipped around because it was invented by a woman originally and she had a very nice idea about it to empower women. But then in the room of the people who are actually creating ideas for like the future Barbie toys and everything, it's just men. And they're the ones that are actually bringing it to life and selling it to the world. So they're selling it. And that's kind of another point that I think they're trying to make is that women have a lot of great ideas, but then sometimes they get given 
to men because men are like, well, we're the ones that are going to bring that to the forefront. Mm -hmm. And then it does not get perceived how it was meant to be perceived because of male gaze and just like the difference between female and male gaze and like the way that it can twist things. So I think that was Mm -hmm. a big point. And I think that they definitely did a good job of reminding that Barbie is a symbol of power, not a symbol of insecurity and that you have to be a perfect body and a perfect smile and a perfect like companion to a man you can just be be you you I'm also don't you have to up, be yeah. a crazy like powerful woman either you can just be you can just be like you be ordinary just, barbie yeah you can be ordinary yeah barbie. you can mm-hmm. be ordinary or stereotypical you be, barbie you, you can, can be, be that. beach ken and yeah that's it. yeah and that's they sent all. the message to men too i think that was a good thing too mm-hmm. they were saying to men like they can also yeah. yeah, I've seen people saying, like, Ken's, like, the villain. And I'm like, uh, Ken's no. just misguided. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it's kind of, like, the complete wrong perception to be, like, Ken's, like, a, a woman-hating free. I'm like, no. Ken is what happens when men have these voices in their head for too long about, like, mm-hmm. all these toxic ideologies about, like, what makes manhood. And mm-hmm. then you go down the wrong direction. But he's, like, he's trying. Maybe you should have apologized to her at the end of the movie, but he's yeah. trying. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, too. I think that's really interesting about the idea of, like, Barbie was meant to be this, like, symbol of power for women. And just over the decades and you know the fact that barbie was so often like now it's it can barbie can look like anyone but for a long time barbie was just like a perfect haired blonde white girl Mm -hmm. yeah um and i think that the idea of how greta gerwig goes about like breaking down the fact that for so long it was meant to be this like hopeful thing and kind of just became like this huge source of like self-consciousness for a Mm -hmm. lot of girls growing up i think Mm -hmm. that's really interesting and i think in a worse version of this movie that has probably been written like 20 times throughout Mm -hmm. the last 20 years it's just like pink fun Barbie. And like this one is just like, you know, Greta Gerwig probably had to fight her ass off to be like, yeah, we're going to portray your toy as like good, but also like really bad and like did some really yeah. like problematic shit for women throughout like the yeah. last like 50 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it definitely is that they're trying to like really make that point that like the table is only men in that pink heart room that like the reason the that this executive. is getting so, yeah, the reason it's getting so twisted and the reason that it's like, just so far off from what it was meant to be is purely just because like the people that were actually producing it were men and so I think that that yeah I think that that's a big thing that they're trying to say that like now that women are having more say and that they're allowed to that other Barbies can be back in the back in the picture especially since it's a female producer would that be producer or director Director. yeah and and writer it's written partially by (laughs) a man but director and writer yeah Mm mm-hmm all the other Barbies got to come in, yeah. not just the even the pregnant blonde-haired, perfect-looking Barbies, Barbies that here. the men pushed. Yeah, pregnant yeah. Barbies here, video camera Barbies here, mm. which is one my sister used to have. Was mm. Video cam Barbie. So many Barbies here. Yeah, I have a question for you guys, and I don't know if I should. Should I save my questions for the end? No, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, now? shoot. The I was I noticed in it obviously when they're in Barbie Land the CGI is so like dramatically horrible like when Ken is doing like yeah. triple flips out of the water and like when yeah. the surfboard lands and the thing it's like the CGI of some things but did that bother you guys or were you like I like that because it well, makes the point that Barbie Land is so fake and Barbie Land is so perfect and like I I feel like a lot of it's actually not CGI. A lot of it's probably mm. practical. They just have Ryan Gosling on some like rig mm-hmm. just spinning through the air. Um, and I think the point of it is I to th- kind of... I thought you were being sarcastic for a second. No, I genuinely think that's actually him just slowly spinning through the air. And I think It's the so point, goofy it looks CGI. Yeah. yeah, I think the point of all that stuff is to... Show that just it is like, real. Well, just like when Barbie is floating off the top of her house, 
when your Barbie doll falls over or your Barbie doll bumps mm-hmm. into something and goes flying, would you not spin it through the air very slowly uh-huh. and then it lands? <gasps> no, it's like a kid playing it's with like it, right? Yeah. Oh it, my God, I'm the one that played with them and I literally did used to do that. <laughs> I literally used to take them from the top floor and you go, woo, 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 Exactly, because the point oh. of Barbie Land is Barbie Land isn't real. It's imaginary. It's oh. it's all imagination and that's why it exists like that. That's, that's why cooler. when Ken goes back, his imagination of the patriarchy and what that mm. means changes Barbie Land so drastically. Mm. And why at the end of the movie, too, it gets changed again. Mm-hmm. Because everyone's ideas of what they think a Barbie is and what Barbie's supposed to be is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. So that's why all that stuff looks goofy. Or when the car flips I was crazy. Gonna say, mm. That's my favorite example of it. And I think that's the moment where I was like, it's supposed to look like a kid. Like picking up the car. You know, like when you were a kid and you like a car crash, you just send it up into the air and then yeah. flip it around a little bit yeah. and put it back down like nothing happened. And I think that was the moment where I was like, it's meant to just be like a little girl playing with these toys. And yeah. so that's why like nothing like is too overdramatic or looks real is because it's like it, it's it, all goofy. And it's the all way silly. that they're still in the sit position when they fall out of the car because yeah, like exactly. you have to fold their legs to like get them to go in the car so their legs don't unfold when they fall out. Mm-hmm. It's or like, like when she yeah, gets up okay, out of bed, yeah, she kind of gets up just by like tilting her her spine upwards and her legs don't really move yeah, exactly. oh and their hair flipped yeah that was a real flip in the car yeah oh my goodness it wasn't cgi you're probably just sitting in it i want this cut forward. out of the whole podcast <laughs> no no Dude, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it, it does look cgi but like purposefully you know mm-hmm. um i think like you're going to see it again like right after we're done this I'm, episode yeah my mom and sister and brother are booked tickets to go see it so, I'm going to so see exciting Borbu again um i think uh, while we're kind of on uh, or around this topic of like uh, the different Barbies and all this stuff, um, I definitely want to talk about Margot Robbie. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. The perfect Barbie. Yeah. It's it's said in the movie, which is a really funny line <laughs> where they're like, note to the producers, if you wanted a non-perfect looking Barbie, don't cast Margot Robbie. Yeah. Because yeah. she is the perfect Barbie. Yeah. Um, she's the perfect person. I'm not convinced she's real. I'm I don't like, think she's like, real either. She's not human. The, the one where she's crying in the screen and then she like smiles and then cries and then smiles and cries. And I'm like, I don't know how your face moves like that. And mm-hmm. you just like look like that. And her the way it moves. Yeah. She's amazing. And I think she does a really good job in this movie um, playing like kind of that, not ditzy, um, but almost that aloof to the uh, real world mm-hmm. ideals, when she, especially when she comes to that cause, to the real world. I was talking to Amy. I love the scene where she, her and Ken are roller skating through LA, and she was like, "This is weird. I feel like a constant state of danger right now." And Ken's like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I feel respected by everyone." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I feel conscious in a way where it feels like it's about myself." Yeah, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, it's it's perfect. I think she does just such a good job at portraying that and uh portraying barbie in general yeah. I, I think that scene is funny but it's also sad that the first thing barbie experiences when she comes to the real world is like self sexual harassment oh it's horrible yeah. it's horrible um but i think margot robbie does such a good like genuinely probably an oscar performance that'll never get nominated for an oscar because she's doing so much yeah. about like between like the silly like ditziness like you had said but then also like the exploration of like finding yourself and like her like realizing how like grateful she is to like you know be alive if that's even what you could call it yeah um is like really beautiful and like really moving i thought she was like amazing yeah i think she's phenomenal and ryan gosling too i think he does a really good job he uh, really funny ken is put the him, perfect ken put him mm. in more comedies i'm saying if you haven't watched the nice guys ryan gosling's hilarious in that movie yeah. watch it yeah um but he's just really good at portraying ken 
um, and this idea of just like the what did I have written down? I said he's the perfect representation of the over masculine and emotionally unstable giga chads that this movie will make mad. Yeah, mm. honestly, uh, I think it's perfect. Especially, I love those the beginning moments. Uh, where he's like, nothing matters unless Barbie notices me. And I'm like, yeah. damn. Just all that he cares for. There's yeah. so many little laughs with Ryan Gosling. I actually think like all the really good scenes of comedy for me just come from Ryan Gosling throughout this movie. Mm. Yeah. Like this, just the way that after he goes to the real world, every time he approaches somebody, he walks up like he's on a horse. Yeah. And also <laughs> the moment where he's like, guys, I felt respected there. Somebody asked me what the time was. <laughs> and then at the end when he holds his wrists up and he's got four watches yeah, on and he's like, ha, he's I am prepared time. next time. Yeah. He, he's really funny in this. And I feel like he's just having so much fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I said to you guys before the movie started, I was like, I feel like Ryan Gosling just took this movie, A, because it, it would be a blast, but B, because he has two daughters, and he's mm. just like, I can't wait for you guys to see how, how funny I am in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's great. And I think, too, um, it's, it's really funny. I keep seeing this meme where... Have you seen the clip where it's like the clip from the cast of the Scooby-Doo movie getting interviewed? Yeah, and the yes. I can't remember the actress's name who plays Daphne, but she's like, yeah, it's just this super interesting adventure with a bunch of teens. And there's mystery and all this stuff. And people are like, Mario Robbie talking about the Barbie movie. And then it switches to the guy who plays Fred. He's like, yeah, they're a talking dog. And that's <laughs> yeah. Ryan Reynolds talking about Or not Ryan Reynolds. Um, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is great. Sorry. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> um, yeah, Ryan Gosling talking about it. It's, it's hilarious. It's one of the greatest clips on the internet. Yeah. He's yeah, he, did a it. he was a great Ken. He was very, very stereotypical Ken. And also, shout out, uh, um, uh, blanking out his name, Shang-Chi. Oh, Simi Liu. Simi Liu, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out him uh, for being like secondary Ken. I think mm. uh, it's really cool to just mm. see him in more movies. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is a, that, when you said secondary Ken, that makes me think of, when it comes to like the dance, I think that's an interesting part for the Kens, when they're all oh, yeah. in a big mm-hmm. war, and then all of a sudden they get into that dance scene and I feel like Wesley and I both thought different things from the dance, mm-hmm. but I definitely think that it was that they were fighting and then they had no reason to be fighting. First of all, because literally I don't, I don't know why they were fighting. Were they all fighting over each other? Women. Just, it's men for you. Oh yeah, yeah. They were just fighting over, over the women. But then at the end of the day, they didn't even realize why they were fighting when they were standing face to face. They were like, and they didn't like it. They didn't like the feeling of fighting. I think that's the point too, is that like, why I think it's like a, something that is trying to show how, like wars start from men trying to prove their dominance and like it's all egotistical and stuff, but there's not actually any solution from it or any real like reason behind why physically fighting is going to solve it. It's- so then they'd start dancing because they realize it feels way better and it's just, it's getting more done for them, but it's making them feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the really big things that this movie is tackling and is also shown through uh, this like whole uh, fight scene where they're fighting for the women around them is that this idea that so many people's like the way that people uh, kind of value themselves is through other people's eyes mm. like they want to know what people think about them and mm-hmm. all this stuff and so we see it in the moments where uh, the Kens are being uh, like fighting each other over the women around them because they only see themselves all it matters is how these women see them you know, like how Ken says in the beginning of the movie, nothing matters unless Barbie sees me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so that's what leads them to the fighting. And 
yeah, I think it's definitely representative of like war and how so many wars happen just because one country's like, I want to be cool. Yeah. Let me just invade this other country yeah. and uh, show that I have power, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely see. And that they as make well. it so no one wins. Like they make it at the end of the fight. Like I noticed that the at the end of the dance, they do two people in like the very front row, and then there's one person who's center, but he's like in the third row back. And then so instead of instead of having somebody at the front of the dance, like even as if that person was like the leader of the dance for like as if they had won that little fight that they were having or whatever, there isn't even a winner at the end. The whole ending is that all the Kens, even though they're all named Ken, so it's like you're all a man, you're all Ken, but it doesn't mean that none of you are like any less. Like it's like mm-hmm. none yeah. of the men, because none of them won the war, that was nothing. Like they all just were good, and that was that. Yeah, know? it's kind of just showing that you don't have they're to be all the really one. on the same side, like, and that you don't have to be number one Ken for the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, exactly what you're saying. No, none of them have to be number no. one on yeah. top win. Uh, but also, there's no reason for them to be fighting because they're fighting about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, it, yeah, it's super interesting. There's, like like we said at the beginning of this, there's a lot of much deeper themes than I think people are really realizing, or men, butthurt men in specific. Yeah, mm. exactly. While we're on the cast, though, is there any, like, other Kens aside from, like, Ryan Gosling and other Barbies aside from Margot Robbie that like were like really worked for you that you like thought was like really entertaining to watch. Alan, I really liked Alan yeah, because funny. I loved how all the Kens and all the actual men in the real world, like when they were trying to chase Margot Robbie, she could have literally stopped and like stared at them for like ten minutes and they would not have caught her. Like they couldn't catch her in that little hallway of offices getting out. That was like the funniest thing to watch ever. It was the funniest little mouse chase. Mm-hmm. And then the part when. All of a sudden, Alan starts fighting those couple of guys working on the road thing, but they weren't even building it outwards. He was like, they'll probably finish it once they figure out they have to build it horizontal, not just vertical. And then he goes and starts fighting them, and all of a sudden, he's just like this kung fu whiz who can go and beat them up like crazy, but none of the actual men or Kens are capable of doing that at all. But the Alan, who sits there and doesn't need to like pose for anyone's kind of recognition and doesn't need to be doing any of this for other people's reasons he just has these skills in himself and he just does it for himself and just for having it in himself you know he's and an he's ally the, yeah he's he an is. alan ally alan's the ally yeah you know? i thought michael Sarah was so good in this movie he's so really good. funny my favorite line from him is i'll never escape this place as they're driving <laughs> oh, back to barbie land <laughs> so all he wants is, is to just he fought get away them from all it. so hard just <laughs> so that they could leave he really just all he wants is to belong somewhere and he doesn't like the cans and he's not a barbie so he's just like where do i even somewhere in the middle he's yeah like yeah no why am i here but at the end he does mm-hmm. shout out alan do you have any other ones that like really stood out to you? I Not mean, you really. had mentioned Simi Liu, but yeah, I think he definitely stands out to me because it's it's really funny. I think seeing him and Ryan Gosling like side by side fighting for Barbie's attention, but it's not even like that intense because they're both just like, "Hey, Barbie, hi, Barbie," <laughs> and and then <laughs> and then Ken's just like, "Ugh, Ken." <laughs> It's just, I love it. I, I loved um, Issa Rae as President Barbie. Yeah, I thought she was good. really funny. There's one line that really cracked me up, and like Brayden turned to me, he's like, what the fuck? Because she's like, I was I had this dream that I was listening to a man talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League for four hours, and I had to pretend that I cared. Um, yeah, I, that was really funny. Really good bit. <laughs> yeah, and then when he's, one of the Kens is watching The Godfather, and she's just like, yeah. can you sit down and talk over the entire movie so that I can hear you talk about it? 
Uh, I was like, yeah, I know. I know a lot of dudes like that. Yeah. It's probably me, to be honest with you. I also found no, that one would... funny because literally Wesley and I have a list of like movies. Godfather's on there. Godfather's like, on there. There's a list of movies that Amy has to watch and Godfather is literally on it. And I was like, I would mm. never talk through such a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> true. Honestly. You're the respect it deserves. Yeah, exactly. No, that is true. I'd be the one talking. Um, yeah, I mean, the cast for this movie is nuts. I'm not going to go through it because it's just, like, so big. Like, look wow. it up. But, oh, like, my gosh. You got, like, so Dua cool. Lipa here as Mermaid Barbie for, like, three seconds. And John, John Cena, Cena as Mermaid mm. Ken for three I think seconds. that was the most fun thing of the Boppenheimer experience was all of the star sightings throughout the day. Yeah, like, so literally so many celebrities. It's like you know, every it's... actor working in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, though, for the amount of big celebrity actors that were in those uh, movies. Not a single crossover, no overlap. Oh, yeah. true. It's because they were filming them at the same time, so ah. you either you had to kind of pick which one you're going to be on. I assume. Wow, amazing. I wonder if there would have if there would have been any overlaps, or if any of those have actors a, had to pick or choose. Have Cillian Murphy as Ken and Ryan Gosling as Oppenheimer. <laughs> Somebody asked Cillian Murphy if he would be in Barbie Two, and he's like, "Send me a script." Yeah, I was like, "Wow, okay, that'd be wild, incredible." Um, was there any like big laughs for you guys that like? really worked like any moments while watching this movie that just like really cracked you up oh i i'm trying to think of uh i think my favorite one the biggest laugh i had was the sublime i was gonna line. say if you say anything but the sublime <laughs> i was sitting next to you yeah, so you i will argue it mind. yeah if you see the movie you know exactly what i'm talking about when he just like he goes one second and he walks away and he just goes sublime and then he comes back in it's just so funny it's really good yeah you don't hear that word like ever it's it, like <laughs> Because you expect him to just be like, yes, in the background or something. But just the fact that he says sublime. So loud, too. So loud, and too. He does, so he she can very clearly very hear it. Tone. He yells it, but it's not very like. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like very much just like, he's just like. Sublime. Yeah. <laughs> he, he couldn't say fuck yes. He was just like, uh, sublime. Yeah. You know? no, he said it so. Sublime. So good. So excited. <laughs> Amy, was there any like laughs for you that like really got you in the theater? If you can remember any uh... right now. I remember you laughing at the uh, at the line of just like um, at the one we talked about before, the Margot Robbie. Oh yeah, that's really funny. Uh, being like, I don't know why, but I feel like an overwhelming sense of danger everywhere. I go. Oh yeah, those one, the one where she entered the world and like where she started to realize kind of what was going on. I was like, this is yeah, this is so crazy. This oh my god, funny. There was a lot of different moments. I think I don't know any moments that I specifically was really really laughing, but another one I want to mention is the unless this is the one. Do you have one? First? I have one. Yeah, yeah, you go first. Um, this is such a random subtle one too that like nobody else in the theater really laughed at, it and like really cracked me up when Barbie shows all the other Barbies are flat feet and they start freaking out. Yeah. Mm. That part's funny, but when you just cut to Kingsley Benadier's like lifeguard Ken and he's just like. Bleh. <laughs> he starts like gagging it's just like really cracked me up i thought it was really funny another one i just thought about was when no. uh when ken uh goes i was really interested in patriarchy until i realized it's not about horses yeah <laughs> putting it putting it lightly yeah also all right i, I have to address this really quick mm-hmm. since i mentioned horses i said this to amy and i want to get your mm. opinions on it. sure um, I find it really funny that they use like horses and cowboys as the thing that Kens are really into. Would you not agree? Would you agree with me if I said that I think every man out there is just a little interested in cowboys? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right? I have like, like I have like eight hundred hours logged on Red Dead Redemption too. Exactly. It's just like mildly interesting to every guy awesome. out there. So you can I think pull it's, a gun out on people. I think <laughs> you it's can ride a horse. Perfect that they're just like 
the idea of <laughs> that Ken has of patriarchy is like cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, I just find it hilarious. <laughs> I, I wish patriarchy was just cowboys. If only. Yeah. Just horses and cowboys. <laughs> I'm curious about your guys' opinion on the real world stuff in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because I've read a lot of people online saying like the movie excels when it's in Barbie land and then kind of like fizzles out a little bit once they get to the real world. And I don't know if I agree. And I'm curious, like your guys' thoughts on it. Like if the mother and daughter stuff with America Ferreira and her daughter, um, and like the whole, like, you know, Mattel stuff, like did that stuff work for you guys? Kind of. I think it had to be there to give the viewers a chance to relate. Yeah, definitely. Like you can't relate to Barbie. Yeah. It's an important thing for the movie, uh, a part of the movie, but I do, think that it is a bit lackluster when you've already had such whimsical places like barbie land Mm -hmm. um and i also personally think that the mother and daughter uh like their characters are so uh uh, like underwhelming Mm -hmm. like they're very much just like the problems that they have get fixed because of the things that barbie does and then they're Mm -hmm. just on board um which i mean isn't bad i still thought it was good and it's a movie about barbie so like i want to focus on barbie obviously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh but i just kind of wish there was a little more done there mm-hmm. i think mattel making fun of mattel and being like this corporate shell company um was really funny and really well done i think will ferrell does an amazing job as the ceo guy mm. um but really all i could see him as was mr business from the lego movie yeah true it's honestly all i could see him as i'm sorry um it was like the same character but uh yeah i think it works kind of the one thing i'm gonna say and this is one thing that really bothered me about the movie and i don't know why but it just does um i understand (laughs) that barbie is a literal corporate not corporate but like it's making fun of corporate stuff Mm -hmm. somehow it still feels corporate to me because of this dumbass chevy cruise (laughs) commercial in the middle yeah. of the movie. You didn't like that. You told me right after. Like, why was that there? Why was it there? They kept panning into the console a lot. Yeah, I the will scene admit. I did where... notice it during the movie before you brought it up after. Yeah, when Barbie's running from the Mattel Corporation, the mom is like, get in. And she climbs into the Chevy Cruze. And you literally, the camera changes to the dashboard. And you watch her put it in sport mode. And then whip down the highways of like Los Angeles in a full car speed. chase full speed mm. in a car chase and i'm like why is this here yeah. what is the purpose of this um i understand she's running away from mattel and they need to have a way for barbie to meet with the mom and like them all connect in this sense but it felt so much like an ad because in literally every shot it was either the front of the chevy cruise with the chevy logo yeah. on it i don't even know if it's a chevy cruise i'm just calling it a chevy cruise <laughs> it's the only chevy whatever SUV i know um or it was like the inside where you see the immaculate interior and it's like got orange and all these interesting things in it. And I'm like, why is this here? Yeah, because true. Because it's just like so, it feels so much like they, Chevy was like, we'll give you money if you put our car in it. <laughs> you know? You'll so, get a million dollars extra, but you gotta just sh- show that just logo. show off the mm. capabilities of the Chevy Cruze and wa- put it in sport mode real quick. Yeah. Have you guys seen the movie Lady Bird? Yeah. No. Okay. I feel like you'd really like it. I know. I need to watch it. Also directed by Greta Gerwig. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the reason the mother-daughter stuff doesn't fully work for me in this movie, even though it's good, um, is that it's just like Lady Bird, but like not the focus of the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like if they took like the whole plot of Lady Bird and then just added it to Barbie and then it's just less developed because Lady Bird did it better and it's the same director. Yeah. Um, So the whole like conflict between mother and daughter just 
wasn't fully there because the same director and writer has done that storyline better. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, de- I think, yeah, they definitely didn't make it too interesting, but it like it, it, the only part about the mother and daughter that was like good for it was the way that it gave like moms because Barbie definitely has had like a resurgence. Like Barbies have been around for a long time. So obviously lots of generations ago have been playing with them. So it was like the mom had a connection with it from her child, her like raising her daughter and her, bringing her daughter up with the Barbies. And so I think it gives like middle-aged women something to relate to being the mom of a daughter who's growing up now and doesn't want to play with her Barbies. And then like it reminds people like at my age or like at a bit of a younger age, like why don't you want to play with your Barbies anymore? This is, it means a good thing. Remember, you don't have to look at your Barbies that are sitting in the corner of, room, of your room and be like, oh, but now I don't like myself. And now I don't, cause that's not what she's trying to say. She's trying to say like, get up and go or whatever. But it definitely was kind of a bit boring though when they were i think it was good they had a mom and daughter because that's needed but and i mean yeah like america ferrera the actress gets like one of the best moments in the movie when she goes on that big monologue to margot robbie about like being a woman mm, yeah so truly good truly one of the best parts of the movie it is so like good. really well written and like really and moving she's from sisterhood of the traveling pants is yes! she nice yeah but i thought like i think their characters work but like there's just a little bit of a break where like they're focused on them a little bit and i just don't know if that stuff all works it's once they're in barbie land where i was like okay like I like them here, yeah. and I think that they like they they add a lot to the last to the third act of the movie. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like they're a little underdeveloped. Like their their drama goes away immediately once they're in Barbie Land. It's oh, like, immediately! Like, like they're the daughter, they're good again. Don't worry about the it. The daughter is like, yeah. oh my gosh, mom, you play with Barbies, all this stuff. This is stupid. She Honestly, gets to Barbie Land. Yeah. She's like, okay, this is kind of cool. cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, so would I. Uh, yeah. Let's be honest, so would I. Yeah. Once you're looking at all those colors, you're like, okay, actually, you know what, she mom? She feels the nostalgia of it. She sees all the houses and all the like mm-hmm. things, and she's like, oh yeah, I remember. Wesley, I know you just like mentioned that you felt like the Will Ferrell Mattel executive parts of the movie worked really well for you. And like, I didn't dislike that part of the movie. I didn't think it was like awful. I think there's a couple really good bits and like really good jokes. Like mm-hmm. when they're trying to get her back in the box and she's just like questioning the reality of Barbie world and she, they're just like, yes, like they don't answer yeah. her question at all. I think there's some funny scenes there, but it felt like to me, like Mattel was like, all right, make sure you put Mattel, Mattel in the movie so everyone knows that Mattel is the person who created Barbie. And then they're going to go out and they're going to buy Mattel's toys because Mattel made Barbie. And it just felt like the only part of the movie that I didn't love. And maybe it's just like Will Ferrell's just not been hitting for me a lot recently. I'm, uh, I'm going to be honest. Will my Ferrell, mom would be so mad that you said I'm that. So she is, I, she I'm so like sorry. I'm a drooled. fan. She loves him. Will Ferrell is just getting the bag these days. Yeah, I he's just here for the money. I get it. Most of the movies he's in is just for the bag. And I get it. He's, retirement. he's been doing some great stuff. He did amazing movies. Like He's done some iconic movies from my childhood. Mm-hmm. So fair that in his older years he's not doing the like crazy dramatic or comedic roles, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like... Uh, I, I do I do agree with you that it is a bit stale at times. And like I was kind of mentioning before, I feel like it's making fun of Mattel, but like it's it's towing a line because it's like, ha ha ha, mm. Mattel is just this big company or whatever. But like I am giving Mattel money by watching this movie. Right. Yeah, like you can't make fun of yourself while still being yourself and mm-hmm. then yeah. be like, oh, uh-huh, don't you hate when that person's an asshole? But like, it's just like, kidding, that person's me. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. <laughs> did you guys both watch the Christmas thing with Will Ferrell? Like the little Christmas musical thing that he did this past so. year or whatever? Oh, Spirited? Yeah. Oh, I did, did watch you that. Watch, did you yeah. like that or I no? I thought it was fun. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought you were talking fun. about Elf. I was like, why are oh, you? Oh my God. Did you guys <laughs> ever watch Elf? You ever, you ever watch that Christmas little old movie, movie called Elf? 
so just to get into the ending here, Amy has to leave. She's to go rewatch going to see Barbie again. Movie, you guys. Um, so just like, I'm never leaving Barbie Land. Amy, do you have uh, what are your final thoughts on the ending? Do you feel like the message came across clear? What do you, what did you interpret as the message you took away? I interpreted that in the end, I thought that it was a really random ending. I thought that it was like the most like random kind of like, okay, guys, this is a fully a moment now where it's just like these two people are talking and you're watching their conversation and like it's, you're a part of it. Like this is not yeah, in now. That this big is color just, room with yeah, Barbie like, and the creator of Barbie. This is purely like message now. Like listen up. We are now literally passing a message along because we have all you sitting here. So mm-hmm. like listen up. And then it's just like as much as all of this stuff is here and all this, it's all a construct and she's like preparing Barbie for how uncomfortable it is being a human and having all this time and all of this like knowledge that all we have is time and that like we don't know when that time is up and that we have to sit with that and we have to just try to find things to fill that and that's why we've created all these things like patriarchy and then that's why I was saying it feels interesting watching it after the Oppenheimer because it's like that's literally what all those wars and nuclear warfare and all that yeah. was. It's mm-hmm. all just humans being uncomfortable with the fact that we all have to sit on this earth and share it with each other and like do that. And so we all try to just kill each other. But yeah, I thought that it was a very good ending to my mom's calling me. I thought it was a good, a very good, like wrapping it up and kind of being like, life is very scary. You have a lot of pressure that you have to be something just be you can just be slow living mm-hmm. take your time enjoy the experiences it's kind of like the final message of soul i found that like the little creature that was kind of searching for a life just like how barbie in the end is like i want to be real i want to have a life like the message is that they only want to have a life just so they can experience the world which is like to a human so shocking to hear because we're like why would you want that mm-hmm. but then for them it's just like, no, I do. And it reminds us why we could also want that as humans having to be here. We can find other things to fill our times with besides the patriarchy. Exactly. Like calico critters. Like, well, I think you worded it pretty perfectly, Amy. Thank you. Before you leave, thank you so much for uh, being on this episode and talking about Barbie. Thank you for having me. My mom has called me three times and she's going to be so yeah, mad. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys sharing your barbie podcast with me i think that was a good idea they were like yeah we should probably probably we need a woman on this episode yeah yeah and thank you for bringing your perspective on it yeah thank Mm -hmm. you for being thank you for being allen's yeah honestly not ken's thanks for being allen's you guys are ken's at the end of the movie the ken at the end of the movie that's good but yeah but after his allen's deep down Amy's gone now. Yeah, she uh, had to leave. She's off to, off to Barbie land once again. Yeah, we just wanted to wrap up a couple more of our thoughts before we end the episode here. Mm-hmm. So, like, Amy actually very well said. Like, the, the what the ending's trying to get at is just, like, being human is awful, and especially in the eyes of a toy who all they know is, like, yeah. joy. Um, but I think that's what makes it so joyful, and that's really accentuated by what is probably my favorite scene of the movie, um, which is Barbie sitting on the park bench. And mm-hmm. sitting next to that old woman. And it's such a subtle, quiet little scene. And I loved it so much. When she looks over and she's like, you're so beautiful. And she's like, I know. And she's looking around and seeing all like the functions of the world. And like people crying and people arguing and people laughing. And I was like, I'm so moved right now. Like yeah. this, is, this is why it's like worth it. Like you see it from that perspective. Especially somebody like discovering it from the first time. There's all this terrible shit. But there's also all this joy and beauty of it. And I think that that's what the ending's trying to get at. It's like she chooses to be human and like don't think too much about like 
the function of how Barbie chooses yeah, to be human. About it. it's, don't worry about it. It's Barbie. Yeah, she's she has a vagina out of nowhere. She's alive. She has a heartbeat. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Um, but I, I do think that like this movie quite literally ends with Barbie talking to like Barbie God. You know, yeah. like I, I can't remember her name. I know it's Ruth. Um, she created everything, and so like she's talking to her, and I just think that it's a very meta and moving way to, to wrap the story up. And I think that's fitting for this movie. Yeah, I totally agree. I I think that uh, so many people leave this theater and go, oh, that movie's like, fuck man, women can do whatever they want. But that's not it. It goes much deeper than that, where it's that anyone can be who they want, regardless of how the world views them and regardless of how um, they might be perceived, just like how Barbie was originally meant to empower women to be whoever they want to be. That's what this movie is trying to say. It's mm-hmm. that um, regardless of how the world looks at you or how the world might perceive you, you can be whoever you want to be. Yeah. Uh, and you should feel confident and powerful in that. Absolutely. Um, the Greta Gerwig really lands the plane with this. You know, I think yeah. there was a version of this movie that, and I had mentioned this kind of earlier, that there's like worse versions of this movie, but there was a version that was being written that starred Amy Schumer back in like 2012 no. and i'm like i don't know if that movie inherently would have been bad because amy schumer's in it i'm not i don't like her personally but i'm not gonna like say that it's, it would have been awful it would not have been this no and it wouldn't have had greta gerwig's like she's so good at these themes of just like optimism that's i think what she excels at as a director is like these ideas of like joy and beauty within the pain and, and the sadness and i think that's yeah. kind of her whole thing and the way she brings that to a story that when you boil it down is a corporate movie about a toy that is making Mattel a fuck ton of money. Yeah. So the way that Greta Gerwig just takes these ideas and really just puts it all together in such a, like really lands the plane. Mm -hmm. I I was just super impressed by it. Yeah. No, I think, I think she really nails the ending. And I, I walked out of that theater just so moved and excited. And I just like with this smile on my face. So I, I think it's a phenomenal movie and that ending like i did not expect that from the barbie movie mm-hmm. when i first walked into that theater i am here to see my gynecologist exactly. great great final line for the movie final line uh we didn't get amy's rating but can out you, of can you predict it do you know it oh it's probably a five out of five okay if i had to guess i'm uh, not speaking for amy because um, that would be a very it. ken move yeah i'm not i'm trying not to speak for amy <laughs> but i know she really liked the movie and i'm pretty sure she gave it a five out of five nice okay um but uh, how many uh, – oh, I also – you know what I also need to mention mm-hmm. um, is the – there's one thing I got to mention. I loved all of the outfits. We talked about the outfits earlier in the episode. Um, but sh- just shout out that mink coat that Ken wore. Oh, yeah. And that, I like, wish I had it. The Ken fanny pack with the lightning on it. I am Knuff sweater, the tie-dye. I am tie Knuff dye. sweater. I was fighting demons the other day because I seen that Mattel is selling that sweater on their website. It's like $80. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a yeah. lot of money. <laughs> I, went, I also went on Fashion Nova right after that, and I was like, I can get like eight pairs of pants and like four t-shirts for the same price as, as that. So yeah. ultimately didn't do it, but but amazing the drip yeah and also i if i was a kid i totally would have bought the mojo dojo casa house oh yeah uh, absolutely mojo dojo casa house it's pure dude shit that's what i'm calling my apartment for the rest of my <laughs> life i i think that like we also didn't specifically mention that i'm just ken song oh. uh, and the whole music actually like there's a really sick soundtrack for this movie um lizzo has a pretty fun song to open the movie that they like play with like yeah. it's like this meant to be like this stereotypical like barbie wakes up and it's another great day song and then as her existential dread starts to creep in the lyrics change in a very funny way um the whole soundtrack is is 
pretty fantastic. You got Dominic Fike on there. Yeah. You got uh, Charlie XCX on there. A uh, shout out, but shout out, I'm just Ken. I'm just Ken. Like that song is so good. I've been listening to that song. Anywhere else I'd be a ten. Well, I think I honestly, I think one of the lyrics in that song encapsulates what the, all the Kens feel um, throughout this whole movie, where it's like. Um, am I not hot when I'm in my feelings? Right. Like that idea that you, that men can't be emotional, uh, to be attractive, like to be attractive, you shouldn't show your emotion, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is like a ridiculous thought and a stupid idea, um, which the Ken's eventually end up realizing. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that the I'm just Ken song that was made for the movie slaps. It's nice to hear Ryan Gosling singing again. I listen to La La Land soundtrack all the time. Yeah. And I actually revisited it like a couple of days before we went to go see Barbie. And I was like, first off, still his best movie. City of Stars oh, hits so hard. Yeah. So um, and I just, it's such a fun song. Also, Ryan Gosling's cover of Push by Matchbox 20. Yes. Uh, great scene with that song, which is, it's just like the most dude song ever. And so it's really funny. I want to push you around and, and I, I will, will and I will. Oh, Turning God. this episode into a musical last minute. Yeah. Um, um, but anywho, to get to the ratings. Yeah. Um. Out of five eaten poop, uh, Barbie <laughs> dog toys. There's no way he went with that one. No. Okay. Wait. Uh. Out of um. Out of five Ken of, Mojo Dojo Dreamhouse. Yes. Out of <laughs> out of five Ken Mojo Dojo Casa Houses. Yeah. Um. What would you rate this movie? I'm giving it four and a half yeah. Ken Mojo Dojo Casa Houses. Um. I I really love this movie, and I knew I would too. Like the second I saw the trailer, I was like, this looks like a absolute vibe like it, it takes these ideas that are present in like movies like um the truman show mm-hmm. and it just implements them with this campy pink just like super like candy coated which i describe it as but it's just the whole movie is like intensely pink i remember yeah. reading something about how margot robbie said that if people didn't wear pink to the movie or to the set each day they had to donate to charity so it was a good way to wow. a keep everybody in pink but also be support a good cause if they didn't wear pink yeah um and i thought that that was pretty cool just yeah four and a half for me i think i'm gonna go with for for barbie i had such a good time with it it's i already know it's gonna be extremely rewatchable yeah do you ever get a feeling while watching a movie where like i'm not about to say barbie's like one of the greatest movies ever made um but do you ever get a feeling while watching a movie that it's gonna be like around for like the next like 30 40 years oh yeah I think that's how i felt about this one i think there's so many movies where i watch them and i'm like that's just a fun one i could watch again tomorrow mm-hmm. you know um yeah i would agree i give barbie 4.5 mojo dojo casa houses um <laughs> i the only reason why it, i wouldn't give it a five is for that dumb chevy cruise commercial Not a fan i can't get over it i don't know why the the mattel executive stuff holds me, holds me back a little bit yeah. as well but i, I wish amy was here because I, I have one question that I really wanted to ask while she was here, but I'm going to ask you it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like kids are going to respond to this movie? Because like I've, I've read stuff online about like, you know, some kids are able to just have fun with it and they're like life-size Barbie doll. It's so, so fun, but it's asking like a lot of crazy questions and there's some like PG 13 jokes. Like there just some stuff where I was like, okay, I don't know how kids are going to feel about this. Do you think a parents should be taking their kids to the movie? I do. Um, and B, how do you think kids will react to this movie? I definitely think parents should take the kids to this movie. I think it's fun regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think kids won't react the same way that parents will. Like, yeah. I really do feel like this movie is made for the parents who grew up playing with Barbie. It's made for millennials. Yeah, and not yeah. the kids nowadays who play with Barbie, you know? Like, it's meant for the 
moms who had Barbies and gave them to their daughters. It's meant for uh, the older, like the young adults who, when they were teens, were really struggling with uh, body issues, and Barbie was still like a huge thing that was impacting them negatively you know like or like the people in their mid-20s who played with barbie and have long moved on from it but like still are willing to go back and revisit that well exactly so i don't feel like it's for kids and i don't think kids will get the message that's being portrayed here but i do still think that the kids will enjoy it um i think they're more interested though in uh other movies yeah fair enough i i have seen some there was a lot of kids uh walking in the theater when we were there at the movie theater and I'm just, I'd be so curious to see what they thought of it and like how they'd react to it because I think you should take your kids to this movie and I think you should answer all the questions that they have. Yeah. And it's a lot of important questions. I think this movie's asking a lot of kids to think about some stuff that will matter in their life and will be a big part of their life. Um, unfortunately, especially for, for young girls, we're going to have to deal with a lot of the bullshit in this world that we live in. And mm-hmm. I think that the way that it has you asking these questions kind of early on. I wouldn't want to be the person to answer the questions, but I think all the all the mothers and fathers should should definitely bring their kids to it. Mom, what's a gynecologist? <laughs> <laughs> Mom, what's the patriarchy? Yeah. <laughs> Mom, why is the patriarchy not about horses? <laughs> yeah. There's a lots of great stuff here and some amazing moments in this movie that I can't wait to watch again. Yeah. I'll definitely be giving this movie a rewatch. Same. I'm excited to rewatch it. I've been thinking about that Billy Eilish song for days. Yeah, it's a What really was I made song. for? Beautiful stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that's just about everything we have uh, on Barbie. Thanks so much for listening and thanks again to Amy for joining. Uh, if you want to find us, our other episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at the Diving Movie Cast. Uh, our individual Instagrams, I'm at Wesley Giffen. I'm at Hayden Kutris. It is the same name on our letterbox. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.